Let's do the muscle man dance. Welcome to Grapples of Apples, the podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether you should be wearing specific shoes when you're working out or not, or does it matter? All I know is there's one time I forgot my gym shoes and I had to work out and dress shoes. And not only did I look ridiculous, but I looked ridiculous. Anyway. As always, you're listening to us here on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples the number two apples. If you're not listening to us on SoundCloud, you might be catching us on Google Play Music, on Apple Podcasts, depending on which one is your podcast provider of choice. Now, usually there's two of us here. You normally would hear a second voice, but unfortunately my co-host Shades is feeling a little under the weather today, so it's just me flying solo. And who is me? Who's flying solo? Well, that's me, your boy. Ill Will, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, because baby, that's who I am. That's who I be. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. That's what it's all about. So, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot to talk about this week in the world of professional wrestling. We will get to it. We had yet another tragedy. We had some controversy in Ring of Honor. Some NXT superstars getting new names. And a little recap of Raw and SmackDown. So, before we do all that, let's ring that bell. So, like I said, unfortunately, we do have to start this week's episode which feels like we're starting every week's episode in a similar fashion lately with the unfortunate news of the passing of Atsushi Aoki. Uh, Atsushi Aoki passed away at the age of 41 following a motorcycle accident. Uh, It was reported this afternoon that he was killed in the Chiyoda area of Tokyo on Monday night after his bike failed to take a curve, hitting the wall of a tunnel. Um, for those who don't know much about Aoki, I would be one of those who didn't know too much about him before this accident, unfortunately. He made his debut in Pro Wrestling Noah back in 2005. Um, he was a junior tag team champion. And, I mean, anytime you lose someone in the world of professional wrestling, especially at such a young age as 41, it's heartbreaking. So... I'm sure I speak for Shades and myself and Grapples to Apples when we give our condolences, our best wishes, and, you know, all of our love and respect to the Aoki family as, uh, Aoki's friends and family as they deal with this unfortunate tragedy and his passing. Uh, so let's move on now. Uh, apparently, at this Sunday's state-of-the-art Ring of Honor event, we got a little controversy. And we're not talking that Enzo Amore big cast controversy or any other weird, like, work controversy. So apparently during the show, which took place in Portland, Oregon, a fan was heckling Mandy Leon and Velvet Sky. At which point, security escorted this gentleman backstage. Now, according to the report of the incident, according to the accusations of this fan, he was then met backstage by Bully Ray. Or some of you may know as Bubba Ray. Either way. Whilst backstage, he received a stern talking to, was told to respect the women, and to go out there and be a fan, to which the fan then turned that and said he was being intimidated by Bully Ray. Now, I'm sure Bully did not say in the nicest way, but in my opinion, if you're going to heckle women or heckle anybody, especially women, um, especially with what the reports are he said, then, you know, for Bully to get in your face and be like, yo, stop it, be respectful and be a fan, I mean, well, duh. So the accusations kind of escalate from there. 
according to the fan, whose name I'm choosing to not use in this report, just in case it ends up that he you know he's just a lying jerk who's trying to you know whatever. <clears throat> according to him, the aforementioned women that were involved, Mandy Leon, Velvet Sky. Uh, one of them sprayed perfume in his mouth. Another one spit at him. All this other stuff. Now, the way the reports also go is, I, I'm I'm guessing in kayfabe as character, one of these women as they were walking by the fans called him a virgin or something. To which then the fan responded, well, you have sex with bully with the fat, expletive Bully Ray, and called their their trio a tramp stamp trio. And I guess that's part of what caused the ruckus. Uh, which makes sense to me to a degree. If this guy's out there calling them sluts and the tramps, the, the stamp... Oof, the Tramp Stamp Trio and, you know, mounting off at someone for, you know, having relations with Bully Ray or whatever and then calling Bully Ray fat and yada yada yada. I can totally understand why they'd be escorted backstage and why there'd be some sort of issue or confrontation between the professional wrestlers and this fan. Now, I'm not saying I agree with this. Uh, anytime... You're a professional athlete, musician, artist, um, actor, filmmaker, whomever, and you engage with a fan like this. It's usually not going to end well for you. It, it the just the optics of it alone do not go in your favor. Unfortunately, because you are the celebrity, whatever. There's a bit of a power dynamic there, and so once you engage in altercation with the fan you're kind of opening yourself up to um accusations and potential lawsuits and things of that nature because there again there's a power dynamic there you have a level of status and or money that the fan does not presumably and so they could go and seek that by uh creating a, a moment of altercation that you would then engage in which is problematic so, while I'm not defending the fan's actions, I do think it's, unless he said something 100% outright, like, insane, which I don't even know what qualifies that, it might not be best for the wrestlers to engage with him, you know, have security escort him out, so on and so forth. Unless he's being physical, that's the only time that, you know, obviously I'll say hands off. If the guy puts his hands on anybody, then by all means, boys, girls, whoever's in the locker room, light him up. Um, but if he's just spotting off at the mouth, let the dude talk. You know what I mean? But, and, like, I mean, who am I to say? I'm not Bully. I'm not you know, Velvet Sky. I'm not Mandy Leon. I wasn't part of the situation. Again, there's all accusations that are being reported through different sources so nothing is set in stone but apparently ring of honor has launched an investigation into this incident so i'm hoping that justice is served i'd be lying if i said i was a little biased here you know i'm a, I'm a fan of bully ray i've been a fan of his since he was bubble ray more like a casual way but since getting into professional wrestling very thoroughly I've become more of a Bully Ray fan, like the person and the uh, the newer character that he portrays in the indie scene and in Ring of Honor, so on and so forth. I met him in an airport. You know, he seems like a stand-up guy. Um, I kind of want to side with Bully on this, but I don't want to pass judgment because, again, this is all just rumors and reports at this point. You know, I'd hate to say, oh, yeah, Bully, you know, Bully did, bro, you know, whatever he's supposed to do, blah, 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 blah. And then it turns out that, that Bully Ray did some, like, messed up stuff, so... Anyway, I digress. Uh, another bit of news. Eli Drake, formerly of Impact Wrestling, has announced that he is officially a free agent. Now, what that means, who knows? I think, had this been... By the way, if you guys hear all that noise behind me, I apologize. You know what it's like every episode. God forbid, some truck or ambulance or something isn't driving by my window when i'm doing podcasts it's insane welcome to the hood y'all anyway 
if this had been a few months ago, I think it would have been pretty easy and obvious to say, oh, yeah, Eli Drake's going to sign with WWE. He'll go to NXT. He'll make his bones, blah, blah, blah. Yakety yak. Don't look back. Uh, however, in a post AEW world, I'm not sure that's the case. Now, I'm kind of glad that this happened because it's brought up something in my mind that I've been thinking about recently. People keep looking at AEW as the escape route from WWE. Everyone keeps looking at AEW as, you know, when WWE superstars are released from their contract, they're all going to run to AEW. Now, the problem with that is AEW can only have so many roster spots, first of all, right? So WWE, let's say, hypothetically, let's say they have... 50 people on the main roster, and then another 25 on NXT TV, and another 50 at the Performance Center, right? AEW really should only have 25 on the main roster. 35 maybe. Now, if you add up all those people that are employed by WWE, if even... A third of them try and cross over to AEW. Well, then AEW's roster starts to look a lot like WWE's. And then you don't have time for them to be on television, which is an issue that the performers are having right now in WWE, that there's no time for them. There's no plans for them. Where right now we have a three-hour Raw and a two-hour SmackDown, and you're only featuring a handful of superstars. We're seeing Roman Reigns on both shows. We're seeing The Revival. We're seeing The Usos. We're seeing uh, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte, Becky. You know, there's a handful in each division that we're seeing on a regular basis on Raw and SmackDown. So if AEW's roster starts to also multiply then you'll run into that same problem because they're going to have a two-hour sh- uh, two-hour weekly show and it's going to be one show. They don't have a, a second brand that they can have that they can split their roster into. So there's going to be even less time for these superstars. And they already have a roster that's built up of guys that they've you know accumulated since from their announcement until now. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, if AEW just becomes a place to suck up anyone who falls out of WWE, then they start to become like WCW. That was one of the issues that WCW had, where anyone and anyone and everyone who left WWF, they would just scoop them right up. They'd just throw money at them, scoop them up, and spit them out. And it doesn't really always work. You don't want to do that. Uh, Furthermore, I'd like AEW to be selective with their talent. I don't want them to just go signing people because they can. You know, if, let's say, Jinder Mahal's contract ends with WWE. I don't want AEW to just sign Jinder Mahal just because Jinder Mahal is now free of WWE. I want them to be selective. I hope... That there are people who leave WWE and go to AEW and for whatever reason, AEW says, I'm sorry, we can't take you. Whether it's you're not the right fit or we don't have the money or we don't have the roster space because we don't, we want to make sure that everyone gets TV time. Because if they don't do that, if they start to just take anyone and everyone, then again, you run into the same issues that WWE is having. Or you run into issues that WCW had. Because you also don't want to create a division that is separate. Like WCW did with the Cruiserweights. They didn't really care about the division. But they knew they had something with these guys. And they said, alright, go out there and do your thing. You know. Which created a lot of resentment within that, that group of superstars. Because there was a glass ceiling involved. They knew they were only there to go out and put on a show. But they knew they were never going to go anywhere. So you don't want to have a similar thing take place with AEW. The best thing that AEW has going for themselves right now 
is they have decades of mistakes to learn from and not repeat. Because those who don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. You know, WCW had a lot of things that they did well, but there was a lot of things that caused them to fall apart. When Impact, when TNA, NWA Impact, whatever you want to call it, NWA, TNA, TNA Impact, yada, yada, yada. When they first hit, they had a lot of things going for them well as well. But then they also started to make the same mistakes that WCW made. And then they fell apart. When Lucha Underground first hit, they were praised for their uniqueness and, and originality, but I'm not sure that they made any of the same mistakes that WCW made, but my point is that you can make your burst. You can come out hot. You can come out swinging. But if you don't, if you don't learn from the mistakes of the people in the past, you're bound to, to repeat them and, and doom yourself as well. So I really hope that AEW is focused on what they're doing, focused on their vision, on the direction, and I hope they don't fall into the pit of, oh, that guy used to be with WWE, his contract is over, let's sign him. Oh, that woman's contract is up, let's sign her. Shouldn't be the case. They should only be signing those who fit what they're going for, who fit what they can do, what they can accomplish, and who fit the same goal so that superstars aren't left in the dust. I would hate for a six months down the line for AEW to snatch up all these guys whose contracts are over and then people like Sonny Kiss or Jungle Boy or, you know, um, Luchasaurus even just fall apart to the wayside. I would hate for them to sign, like, whatever women, let's say Sasha Banks comes and whatever, and then someone like Kylie Ray falls to the wayside, you know. So, and because remember, there's other women on the in AEW's division that they haven't shown up yet. B Priestley is on their roster; she hasn't shown up yet. So, I think it's huge that AEW focuses on what they're doing and does not fall into the pit of just sucking up whoever falls out of the WWE tree. Okay, so. Before we go into the next bit, which, you know, normally we do NXT in two, uh, let's go over some quick NXT news, shall we? <clears throat> so according to reports, five wrestlers who are currently in the NXT Performance Center have received brand new names. Because what's WWE without a brand new name? Now, we already know that... Uh, was his name? Punishment Martinez, formerly Punishment Martinez of Ring of Honor, is now Damien Priest. They've officially like dis they uh, they unveiled him and debuted the the whole thing at this week's NXT Takeover uh, 25. So that was the first one. But reports are Trevor Lee, who was recently signed, is now Cameron Grimes. Not sure what that has to do with anything, but okay. Uh, Jesse Elabon is now Jesse Kamea. They got rid of the E in Jesse because that, that E matters. That's branding. Uh, Eric Bugenhagen. Now, this is the big standout to me. I'm pretty sure all of those of you who watch NXT on a regular basis remember Eric Bugenhagen. This dude debuted with his whole, like, hair metal Van Halen kind of gimmick where he was air guitaring and air drumming and doing this insane high-pitched screech that like was supposed to imitate a singing voice of you know one of these singers from the 80s and the NXT crowd ate him up they were all about it they were chanting for him he was in a match I forget against who um I want to say Drew Gulak and after the match, which he lost, they were chanting Encore. And the dude came out for an Encore. So, Eric Bugenhagen, who had quickly developed this, this fan base, I guess, so to speak, from that one night, disappeared. But has now been rebranded as Rick Bugs or Boogs. Bugs? I don't know, it's B-U-G-E-Z. 
the English in me says it's bugs. And there's an E after the, the consonant that followed the syllable. You kind of go for the high accent. Um, so bugs. But Rick Bugs instead of Bugenhagen. Eric, Rick, Bugs, Bugenhagen. Uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, I don't. This is one of those names where I almost feel like, what's the point? Like, oh, it's Rick Bugs. How is that any different from, like, Eric Bugenhagen? Sure, it's shorter. But I almost feel like Eric Bugenhagen was so ridiculous that it fit the ridiculousness of his character. So, to me, I don't get why they changed his name. <clears throat> now, I wonder if they changed his gimmick. Because his gimmick was over like Rover. I don't think it could last, and I wasn't a fan of it. But I'm curious to see what they do with it. Uh, moving on. Adrian Jaud is now Arturo Ruas. Because, I guess, you know, whatever. Ethnic name to another ethnic name, I guess. I don't know. And then Luke Menzies is now Ridge, Ridge Holland. Luke Menzies, Ridge Holland. Hard to see. So this is one of those things, like a lot of these names, I don't get. I almost, I always wonder, like, do they put these names in a generator? Like, where do these get these names from, honestly? I know this feels like a dumb topic of conversation, but where do they get these names? Like, where did Fergal Devitt, how did Fergal Devitt or Prince Devitt turn into Finn Balor? Like, Rebecca Quinn, Becky Lynch, I kind of get, whatever. But, like, how does Kobe Lopez, a.k.a. Tyler Black, turn into Seth Rollins? How does, um, who else is another one? How does Mercedes KV turn into Sasha Banks? I don't know. How does John Moxley turn into Dean Ambrose? I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't get it. It's weird. I, I, I'm very interested on as to how that name, how that name thing goes. So, like, I know this much. I was watching an interview with Dasha Fuentes, who was once a backstage interview person, is no longer employed by WWE. Uh, she was saying that they ask you to submit a list of names. But I just don't get, like, the thought... So, like, if I was a professional wrestler, and they're like, all right, William, we need you to uh, submit your wrestlers' names. I'm not sure how I would go from William to, like... Juan Carlos. I don't know. Like, I don't get how I'd get from A to B. And that's my thing. Is a lot of these names don't don't correlate with like. So Eric Bugenhagen, I think, is the best example of one that makes sense in the sense that it's a variation of itself. Eric, Rick, Bugenhagen, Bugs, fine, whatever. I just don't get the correlation between these other names. I think I'm kind of like spiraling at this point with this topic, so I'll move on. It's just very interesting, very weird. I never understood it. Anyway, um, before we do any more NXT stuff, I do want to backtrack a little bit. I, rem I reminded myself of something while I was talking. John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose. So, report came out today about his podcast. So he was on an episode of Talk with Jericho that blew up the internet last week. Anyone and everyone who's into professional wrestling has listened to the episode of Talk with Jericho featuring John Moxley, where he rips apart WWE creative and Vince McMahon. It's absurd. It's insane. Almost anything and everything that I feared was the truth of how things work in WWE turned out to be true. Too many cooks in the kitchen, too many writers, Vince is way out of touch, and it's not funny, and he thinks that the dumbest things are funny. Anyway, I don't want to sit here and recap the whole podcast, because it'd be a podcast about a podcast, and that's just, I'm not doing that. Podcast, podcastception, not what this is about. During the episode, Dean Ambrose mentioned, I'm sorry, John Moxley mentioned that during his feud with Seth when he came back 
the one that was kicked off the same night that Roman announced he was he was battling leukemia. During that feud, Vince had given Moxley something to say. And Moxley was having none of it. He had made some allusion, like during during that feud, in reality, he did make a comment in one of his promos that was a little distasteful. Um, but Dean Moxley, whatever, had said that he kind of got Jedi mind trick into saying it, that he didn't realize what he was saying until after he said it. But there was one thing that he, he had mentioned, he alluded to, was far worse that he refused to say. Now, the reports have come out of what that supposedly was. And according to the sources, the phrase was, or the, the quote that was supposed to be part of the promo, was something along the lines of, uh, Dean Ambrose was supposed to say to Seth Rollins, I don't know who's going to die first, um, me, you from me, or uh, Roman Reigns from God, or something like that, something along those lines. And that's just, I mean, how do you even, how do you even comment or justify something so, dis- like, I I was already, I already had issues with that whole feud and the fact that they used um, Roman Reigns' leukemia to kind of, you know, add heat to the feud. I always, I already thought that was disgusting. I already thought that was just, like, beyond contempt. But this is just... Okay, so, I'm, I'm sorry. So, as I was... I, I just found out the line. I just found the line. This is according to Cage Side Seats. Um, the line was, I don't know who's more of a dead man walking, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. Only difference, I'm going to kill Seth and God is going to kill Roman. So that was the line that supposedly John Moxley refused to say in his promo during the feud with Seth Rollins. And I don't blame him. That's just like... It's mind-blowing to me that Vince McMahon would think that's okay to say. Or that Vince McMahon would say, oh yeah, that's great. That's, that's, a, that's a great line. It's going to create controversy. You know, sometimes controversy for the sake of controversy is not good. You don't need to say some crazy outlandish stuff just for the sake of, of heat. Like, there's got to be a line. There, there's got to be a, a, an ethical line of how far you're willing to go. Because if not, then, like, are we not people? Are we not humans? You know what I mean? Like, I understand that this is all, you know, he's creating this character and he's writing for this character and that the idea is not that Dean, that Jonathan, that Jonathan, Jonathan Good would not be the one saying this, that'd be the character Dean Ambrose saying this in the middle of this feud. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 whatever. Still uncool, way uncool. You know, if someone's dealing with leukemia, that's just, I just don't think that's the way you go about it. But clearly, I don't, I'm not the only person who thinks that because Moxley refused to, to use that. And so we move on. And also, according to Chris Jericho, there are many, many, many superstars under contract currently with WWE who are quote unquote dying for their own version of the John Moxley. Talk the Jericho podcast episode. So, I mean, it's no secret that morale has been super low in the in the locker room, according to Dave Meltzer. Um, it's no secret that there's been people who asked for the release, i.e., Sasha Banks, the revival, the Canellises, who did not get the releases. Those who have, you know, like Sean Spears, Kenta, etc. It's it's not looking great for WWE, and it raises the question. At what point does Vince McMahon wake up? 
At what point does Vince look in the mirror, look at his product, look at the ratings, look at his locker room and go, okay, something's got to give. Something's got to change. I got to do something because I can't have a locker room full of unhappy wrestlers. Oh, I'm sorry. Superstars. Because at this point, you know, you have all these guys locked up to contracts, but when they leave and their contracts expire and you're trying to bring in more people, how are you, how are you going to convince people to work for you? If you build this reputation of being this old, staunchy, stubborn, out-of-touch, not-funny, um, creatively bankrupt, jerk, uh, tyrant owner, control freak, why would anyone want to come work for you? Oh, because you got money? Well, someone else does too, no. And not only AEW... People like Joey Ryan and the Young Bucks before AEW have shown that you can make a buttload of money outside of WWE without WWE's help. So at some point, what's going to be your selling point? How do you sign talent to your company when the head of your company is looked at in such a poor light? You know, it, that's, it really makes me wonder, when, when does Vince wake up? Some people say when he dies. I hope that's not the case. Some people say when he finally starts the XFL again next year in 2020 or whatever it is. I kind of hope that's the case. But at some point, something's got to give. Because if not, WWE's going to fall and they're going to fall hard. It won't be anytime soon. They have plenty of money that they won't go away anytime soon. But they, but at this pace, at this rate, they're gonna go down, and I'd hate to see who's left with the ship. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get some water. Kind of hard doing this episode by my lonesome. Gotta, you know, replenish the pipes. So I guess this is good enough time as any to do my version of NXT in. So, this past Saturday, from Connecticut, was NXT TakeOver 25. Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong opened the, ma- opened the show with their non-title match, singles match. Uh, very, it went back and forth for a long time. Uh, Matt Riddle came out on top. The next match was the ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships. You had the Street Profits going up against Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, against the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, against the Forgotten Sons. Now, this match, much like most NXT uh, TakeOver ladder matches, was fantastic. Phenomenal. Insane. At one point, Jackson Riker comes out to help the Forgotten Sons, he's like this monster destroying everybody, all the other teams gather like together to destroy Jackson Riker, and at the end of the day, the Street Profits reign victorious. Now, I'm not crazy about the Street Profits and their gimmick and their whole thing, but you know, they've been there for a while, if anyone deserves it, I'm okay with them getting it. They, for nothing else other than longevity, they've earned it. Next up, for the NXT North American Championship was Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. This is Tyler Breeze's official return to NXT. Uh, this match was, uh, I was talking to Shades about this the other day, and I thought this match was not as good as I had hoped it would be. I really thought this match was going to, you know, blow my socks off, but it didn't. It was a fine match. But at the end of the day, um, it just wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Velveteen Dream went over, of course, because duh. And that was that. Next was Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship uh, against Io Shirai. This match was fantastic. You know, Shayna Baszler has really come into her own as her as a professional wrestler. I no longer see her as an MMA fighter turned wrestler. Now she's just a wrestler who happened to do MMA in her past. 
fantastic wrestler. Um, Io Shirai, obviously, is Io Shirai. No need to make any comment about her skills in the ring. This was a fantastic match. Uh, felt longer than it was. I'm surprised it was only 12 minutes. But it hit all the story beats it needed to hit. Uh, Shirai taps out in a, like, she's fading away so she taps. But and there's a post-match beatdown where she loses it and, like, assaults Shayna Baszler alongside uh, Candice LeRae. So I don't think this feud is over by a long shot. In the main event was Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole Bebe. And if you enjoyed their WrestleMania weekend show, then you'll enjoy this too. Another 32-minute classic. Fantastic. These two guys cannot do wrong. They definitely have amazing chemistry, amazing wrestlers. Johnny Gargano drops his championship. And at the end of the night, holding his brand-new NXT championship is Adam Cole Bebe. And that was NXT in two. What was interesting to me about, not interesting, I guess, but a funny little um, tidbit, I suppose. It was the next day or the next two days on, on social media, and there's a picture floating around. Apparently, Britt Baker, who is Adam Cole's real-life girlfriend, was sitting in the crowd for the show because, you know, Adam Cole's going to win, championship, blah, 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 duh. Um, but also, Stephanie McMahon was in the crowd with her kids. So typically when uh, there's NXT TakeOver shows, a new signee or something will be in the crowd, and it'll be a very planned thing where they'll come out from the back, they'll sit in this in this assigned seat, the camera will pan to them, they'll do the whole waving thing, they may sit down for like part of the match or half of the match or the entire match, and then they go back to backstage and like whatever. But... Apparently, according to those who were there, Stephanie was there the entire time. And I'm presuming that's because she was there with her kids. You know, I guess her kids just wanted to be at the show because they're they live in Connecticut. So they were there and Stephanie was there. Now, the funny part about that is that so the picture that I was referring to that's circulating on social media is that Stephanie was just two seats away from Britt Baker. So when the camera pans to Stephanie and they show Stephanie McMahon, blah, 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 and she's all waving and jeering, ha, 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 in the corner of the frame is Britt Baker giving Stephanie McMahon the only face. And I just thought it was hilarious. I don't know if anyone caught it. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but that's a thing that happened. I thought it was great. So let's move on to this week's Raw and SmackDown, shall we? Yeah, I think we shall. So Raw... How do I put this nicely? Raw was boring. Is that new to anybody? No. But it was lame. It was frustrating. They tried to jam so much into this episode, but I feel like nothing was accomplished. There was three hours of programming, four wrestling matches. I'm going to repeat that. Three hours of Monday Night Raw programming. There were four matches. That's lunacy. That's like a match an hour. What? 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 And there are matches that we've seen already. Now, granted... Ricochet and, and Cesaro's a fantastic match and it's always going to be a fantastic match. But, oh my god, this is the third week in a row now. With zero story, with zero build, with anything. It's just, okay, Ricochet and Cesaro, go do your thing. Come on, man. What? We get Roman... Uh, again, SmackDown Live's Roman Reign. Yeah, okay. Roman and the Usos versus... The Revival and Drew McIntyre? Since when are the Revival part of Shane's cronies? Why is Drew McIntyre a crony? He shouldn't be a crony. I don't understand this. Why are we still getting Roman versus Drew McIntyre? Didn't they have their match at, at WrestleMania? And then another rematch at some point, like on Raw or something? Why are we doing this? I don't understand. It's, just, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. What was... I don't even remember. Oh, Lacey Evans versus Charlotte. Two heels. Charlotte's a SmackDown wrestler. What is she doing here on Raw? I have no idea. For what? 
Who cares? No one cares. I promise. And, like, this Alexa Bliss coffee shtick? Dude, it was funny the first time when they had that impromptu match and she brought the coffee mug down with her to ringside. And this is the and this is the problem with Vince and WWE's writing. They beat on a dead horse until it's been pulverized and turned to dust. This coffee shtick was funny the first time they did it, like three or four weeks ago. And now every Monday or Tuesday, there's a bit with Alexa Bliss and her flipping coffee. Why? Like, this is how you turn wrestlers, I'm sorry, superstars, into one-note ponies, into one-trick ponies. That's how you do this. Because the, if they keep going, she's going to be, Alexa Bliss is going to be the coffee girl. What? Why? Weren't they pairing her with Nikki Cross? That's more interesting. Although, on Raw, she, like, snaps and kind of, like, goes crazy. And it kind of looks like she might start teetering to go the way of Nikki Cross. Which, while I don't really want to see Alexa Bliss go crazy, I find it interesting if they go in the direction of Nikki's influencing Bliss to go crazy versus Bliss influencing Nikki to go straight. Um, that's an interesting angle that I would be down for. But then on Tuesday night SmackDown Live, there's no, no, nothing. It's like it didn't happen. She's back to her coffee stick. And then she's in a, a triple threat match with Charlotte and Carmella. What? What? Why, why don't we get the same? I don't understand how two how one character can be two characters on, on two different shows. They do it with the Usos every week. But now Alexa Bliss too? I don't get it. I don't get it. Rey Mysterio relinquishes his WWE United States Championship. Now, this whole thing is kind of weird to me. So he says he's suffering a shoulder injury. And he's going to do the right thing. Samoa Joe comes out and he's like, just give me my belt back. Why does Rey actually do that? And why does Rey have the power to just anoint Samoa Joe the, the new United States champion? Since when is that the case? How is that different from when Andre the Giant handed it over to Ted Tibiasi because he bought it? And they took it away from him. You know what I mean? Like, Ray should have just dropped it, relinquished it. And then you have a tournament for it. Let Samoa Joe earn it. Or even so, even better, have it be like a match or a tournament, whatever. And Joe's destroying everybody because, you know, he's the quote-unquote rightful champion. But then someone sneaks up on him and beats him in the last minute and they become the champion. And that's how you open that feud. Come on, it writes itself. Like, who's on Raw that's doing nothing right now? Um... Pretty much anyone in that 24-7 championships nonsense. But, anyway, you get my point. If there's some, oh, okay, perfect. Cedric Alexander, right? He's new to the roster. He's new to Raw. He's had maybe one match since his debut on Raw. Have them have some sort of tournament or a battle royal or a fatal four-way or something. Whatever, I don't care. Have some sort of match. To determine the United States champion. Let Samoa Joe be the one wrecking everybody. Make it a gauntlet match if you have to. I don't care. So that Samoa Joe looks like the obvious undisputed United States champion. Even if you got throw jobbers at him. I don't care. But then just before he thinks he's won it. Cedric Alexander gets the upper hand and beats him whether it's he throws him over the rope in a battle royal or he's the last person in a gauntlet match and he just comes out and beats joe before joe thinks it's over or you know he steals a pin in a fatal four whatever the case is you know what i mean like let some surprising up-and-comer like cedric 
shocked Joe out of nowhere. Joe, who's supposed to be the rightful United States champion, who, you know, Ray just dropped it, and Joe thinks he's the, like, it should be his. He was never pinned to begin with. Like, there's so much reason for Joe to, 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 um, to, with validity, argue that he should be the United States champion, but let somebody else take it, and then create that feud. Why not? You build Cedric Alexander... Or whoever it is. I think I, I'm, I'm kind of like the Cedric Alexander idea. You build Cedric. You build Joe as his monster. You know, he's not wrong. Everyone loves the heel who's actually right. And then and you build Heat that way. And you also raise the stakes of the United States champion. I don't understand. Like, that's... Am I wrong here? Am I the only one who sees that? Like, as obvious? Like, that's just... Duh. But... What do I know? I'm just a buffoon who watches this nonsense. Whatever. When we go over to SmackDown, I have similar booking issues. So, Alexa Bliss comes out to do a moment of bliss. Again, Alexa Bliss is on Raw. I don't understand what she's doing on SmackDown. Whatever. The wild card rule. Woo, whoop de doo And Bailey is her guest. So... They do this whole coffee shtick, which essentially the entire interview is Alexa Bliss doing the coffee shtick. Oh, this coffee's not good. I need someone to get me another, a better one. The, the PA comes out, switches her. Hold on, I want to try to make sure it's good. She tries it. Okay, now put this in a different mug. The guy comes out. He comes back. Blah, blah, blah. So then finally, like, Bailey slaps out of her hand, and that creates the altercation, which leads to Carmella coming out, and then Charlotte coming out. And then it's announced that there's going to be a triple threat match between Charlotte, Carmella, and and um, Alexa Bliss. And the winner will face Bailey at Stomping Grounds for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now let me remind you the three competitors of this match. Charlotte, who is the nine-time Women's Champion, who literally just... Lost that SmackDown championship to Bailey, who literally just lost that SmackDown championship to Becky Lynch in the winner take all WrestleMania match. Okay, that that Charlotte Flair. So Charlotte Flair, right? Okay, on the SmackDown roster. That's fine. Whatever. Carmella hasn't really done much since. Losing the SmackDown Championship not too long. I mean, a little while ago, honestly. Yeah, about a year ago, maybe. Um, has been doing the whole R-Truth thing. She's like a face when she's with Truth, but she's a heel when she's not. I don't know. Kind of weird. But former WWE, former SmackDown Women's Champion. Okay, whatever. Currently on the SmackDown roster. I think. Right? I don't know. And Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is a Raw superstar. Alexa Bliss has just barely been cleared to wrestle again. Because of concussion issues. Alexa Bliss is a Raw superstar. Guess who won this match? Was it Charlotte? Nope, thank God. Was it Carmelo? No, because why don't why would we do something fresh like Carmelo versus Bailey? I don't know. Nope. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is a Raw superstar. A Raw superstar. So, at Stomping Grounds, or whatever it's called, Bailey will be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship versus Raw superstar Alexa Bliss. Yep. Brand split. Unbelievable. I don't understand. Um I just I don't I don't know. Anyway, back back to Raw. One one more thing about Raw. And then we're gonna move on. Uh, two more things about Raw, I'm sorry. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Brock Lesnar. 
So Lesnar is the current Mr. Beast in the Bank, whatever. He's got the boombox, money in the bank. So this week on Raw, he had clobbered Seth Rollins as if Seth Rollins owed that boy money. The thing going back and forth is as he's beating on Seth, uh, Paul Heyman goes to Brock, cash it in, cash it in, cash it in. And Brock's like, no, 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 He beats him up some more. Cash it in, cash it in, cash it in. No, 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 He beats him up some more. Cash it in, cash it in. And then finally he goes, no. Friday. <sighs> Anyone else getting tired of this? Because I've been tired of this for a long time now. Do you, does anyone actually think he's going to cash it on Friday? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Yeah, I don't think so either. And if he is, he's not cashing it on Seth. I don't know. Maybe he's going to cash it on Kofi. Kofi has a match versus Dolph Ziggler because that's a thing. They spend half an hour on SmackDown going back and forth, reminiscing about their careers. I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Um... So that's the thing. Brock is going to cash in on Friday, even though he said he was going to cash in today. And Stephanie said he's going to cash in today. And then they were supposed to cash in last week and the week before then and the week before then. And it's going to be four years from now. And he's still not going to have cashed in. And it's going to be fine. Because who cares if Brock Lesnar he does whatever he wants. <sighs> I don't... Oh, God. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about, Rob, but it escapes me at this point. That's unfortunate. Oh! Oh! <laughs> okay. Ah! Alright. The Firefly Funhouse. Now, I know a lot of people are really into it this week. There's a, a huge contingency of fans who are all about it. Not me. This week's Firefly Funhouse is all about fitness. There's like this pig puppet who's got chocolate all over his face. And his name is like Huskaroo or something like that. Which is a play on Husky Harris. Bray Wyatt's old gimmick when he was in NXT. Um, and he like kind of ostracizes him for being gluttonous and fat. And he's like, yeah, you gotta be fit and in shape. And blah, blah, blah. And then a Vince McMahon puppet with devil horns comes out. And then Bray Wyatt's talking about, let's do the muscle man dance. And then there's music, and he's dancing, and there's a Vince McMahon puppet. And he's shaking his butt, and he's moving his hips, and he's flexing. But if you ask me what the muscle man dance is, I have no idea. Because at no point did they say, this is the muscle man dance. He's just... Doing weird dancing, flexing, moving his butt and whatnot to this weird music and, and lights. And for a split second, we get some of that, like, evilly kind of, like, whatever, the the fiend. I guess that's what he's calling the alter ego or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. But the majority of it is just this weird dancing thing. And a lot of fans are really about it. And I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not. I don't get it. I just... The muscle man dance? It sounds like it should be funny. But I don't want Bray to be funny. I want Bray to be interesting. And scary. And demonic. And creepy. And serious. And sinister. And evil. And dangerous. Not the muscle man dance. I was cool with him doing the whole, you know, Mr. Rogers thing. I liked it because it was that juxtaposition. But now it's just goofy. The muscle man dance is goofy. There's a difference between juxtaposition and there's a difference between, you know, showing this ultra light character to, to bounce off of this ultra dark and then goofy. The muscle man dance is goofy. I just don't think it fits what they should be doing. But, anyway. I digress. Now, part of what Shades and I were going to do tonight is we we're going to give our predictions for Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall, which takes place this Friday night into Saturday? 
Saturday into Sunday. I always get this mixed up because Japan's ahead by 13 hours. So this is, yeah, so this is Saturday night going into Sunday morning. Because for them, it's Sunday afternoon. So for us, it's like 2 a.m. Eastern time or something like that. Something crazy like that. Um, so Dominion, So what we were planning to do is we were going to watch it Sunday morning and, you know, go from there. We were planning to give our predictions tonight. Unfortunately, again, Shades is not here because Shades is not feeling well. And I think they're waiting for the best of the Super Juniors finals, which is actually taking place, if I'm not mistaken, probably like about a few hours. Which features John Moxley versus Juice Robinson for the United States Championship. So by the time this goes up, I believe we should know who won that match. But unfortunately, as of now, there are only three matches on the card for Dominion. Which is mind-blowing to me considering Dominion is this weekend. It's already Tuesday, going into Wednesday. Or if you listen to this on Wednesday, well then it's already Wednesday. Um, So I guess I'll give my predictions for the three lone matches. You know, there won't be any stakes to this. There won't be anything held in anything because, again, I don't... This is not. This is clearly not the full card, and Shades is not here. So, I'll just give my thoughts. Uh, the three matches that are currently listed is are, excuse me, Tai Chi defending his Never Openweight Championship versus Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I, I, I can't imagine... Ever rooting against Tomohiro Ishii, just because, I mean, the guy's terrifying. So, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one who just had it and dropped a tie to Taichi. So I'm gonna say he's gonna retain. He'll, he'll regain it, not retain it. He'll regain it, and once again be the never open weight champion. It would be his fifth time. As a never openweight champion. So, uh, you know, I don't see why not. The second match listed on the card is for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Current champion Kota Ibushi putting his title on the line against Tetsuya Naito. Considering I think this is Kota's first title defense since taking it off Naito, I think Kota's going to go over. I think he kind of has to. And in the main event will be Kazuchika Okada versus Chris Jericho for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is interesting. (coughs) This is interesting for a lot of reasons. Number one, Jericho is signed to AEW. He is currently sort of the, the mainstream face to AEW, now alongside Jon Moxley. If Jericho wins the the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, he has between now and October to drop it. This would be huge for Jericho's character in New Japan. And would be huge for him going into AEW. Because then AEW can bill Chris Jericho as a former IWGP champion. As well as a former WCW champion, WWE champion, and first ever undisputed champion. Yeah, my boy Jericho's resume is stacked. Um, so, they could do that. And Jericho has mentioned something how like he kind of is the Brock Lesnar of New Japan. Where he comes, he goes, he messes stuff up, and he does what he wants. Um... So I can kind of see that happening. But then the problem is, okay, so the current champion is Kazuchika Okada, right? So that means Okada would have to drop it to Jericho. And who's going to pick it off of Jericho? going to give it back to Okada again? Don't get me wrong. I love Okada. But I'm not really a fan of him dropping and picking it up a million times. The guy's already, what, a three-time IWGP heavyweight champion? Like, I think he's good. But then who else? He, you could... Hmm. You could have Jericho win it. And then drop it to Naito. Let them have a rematch. And let Naito take it off Jericho. 
but I almost feel like Naito would rather take it off of someone like Okada or um, Tanahashi. So there's a lot to play with here. I don't think it's so open and shut as Okada's going to win. Because at the same time, again, Jericho is about to start this endeavor with AEW. So I'm sure Jericho doesn't want to just go down and just lay on his back. I mean, the guy will, you know, he'll do what he has to do. The guy's a worker. You know, if if what's best for business is him laying down, then he'll do that. You know, he, he laid down for Naito. He laid down when, when he, you know, he lost to Naito. He lost to, to Kenny. But I don't know. He's an IWGP Intercontinental Champion already. Do you want to add w, uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship to that? I don't know. I feel... Because it works for New Japan also. If you put the belt on, on Jericho, then it also helps New Japan. It's very curious. Very curious. I'm going to pick Jericho because Jericho. See... The good thing about being a fanboy is that even if you're not sure he's going to win, you have a safe bet to pick him because that's what you have to do. It's like it's like law. Like Jeremy has to pick AJ Styles. I got to pick Jericho. That's what I have to do. What can I do? So I'm, I'm bound here. My hands are tied, folks. So I will go for Jericho to defeat Okada. And if he does, that'd be amazing. I would be all kinds of hype if Jericho becomes the IWGP Heavyweight champion. And then if he drops it before AEW goes live, um, and then he loses to Hangman, then that elevates Hangman and the AEW World Championship. See, Jericho's got to win this thing. He's got to win this thing. Let's go Jericho. Team Jericho all day, every day. Uh, Speaking of, last bit of news before we head out of here. August 31st is going to be the craziest day in professional wrestling history. Because All Out taking place from Hoffman Estates. That's right, not Chicago. Don't do that. I throw Chicago. I went out there for All In, not Chicago. Suburbs outside of Chicago, not Chicago. All Out is on August 31st. NXT, um, NXT TakeOver, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, August 31st. New Japan Royal, whatever it's called, from London, August 31st. Everything and their mother is on August 31st. I think there's another show that I'm missing. Let's see. I think there's one. I could have sworn there was four shows that are all on the same day on August 31st. Uh, let's see. I said, I know it's going to be NXT UK Cardiff, which is taking place in Wales. Probably should have looked this up before, but it's okay because I know you guys are awesome and patient and you don't mind me doing this because you're awesome people. Yeah, I think that's it. So just yeah, NXT take NXT UK takeover Cardiff um, is going to be on August thirty first, and All Out, which is going to be you know Hangman versus Jericho for the AEW World Championship, is going to be on August thirty first, and then New Japan's London show is also going to be on August thirty first. It's just going to be insane. Now the good news is if you want to watch all of it. Is yeah, New Japan Royal Quest. Sorry, that's what it's called. New Japan Royal Quest, August 31st. Now, my guess is Takeover Cardiff and the Royal Quest, those will probably be around the same time, I'm guessing, because they're in the UK. But then I'm sure All Out will be later in the evening. So if you did want to watch all three of those shows, Theoretically, you could. You could flip back and forth between Cardiff and Royal Quest, which will probably both be around 
3 p.m. Eastern time, I'm guessing. And let's see. Yeah, around 3 p.m. Eastern time, I'm guessing. While All Out will probably be around 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern time. Because you're, you know, the Midwest is an hour behind New York. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Again, I appreciate and I, th- I thank you all for bearing with me and letting me just yap for an hour and five minutes. All right, good job, me. Um, again, unfortunately, my host, my co-host, uh, Shades, was feeling a little under the weather this week and was not on the episode. But I'm sure he'll be back next week. Quick programming note. Uh, we're going to try something out that I'm hoping becomes permanent. Something that we had discussed pri- uh, prior uh, amongst ourselves was with Fox moving over SmackDown to Friday nights that we are planning on, on from now on recording our weekly episodes on Friday nights so that they go up live on Saturday mornings. Now, there's some, been some things going on in my personal life that have really taken a turn for the worse and I'm trying to really get a grasp on on getting my life back in order and part of doing that is making that change a little sooner than expected. So as of next week we're going to try it out. We're going to start recording our episodes on Friday nights and they're going to go up live on Saturday mornings. So for those of you who are used to listening to us on the way to work on Wednesday mornings, I apologize. But think of it this way. Now you have all day Saturdays to listen to us whenever you want. It'll still go up at 8 a.m. It'll just be on Saturday morning versus Wednesday morning. And again, this is just something that we need to do, that I need to do for myself in order to kind of, you know, get my life back in order. Uh, Because doing these podcasts on Tuesday nights is really having a negative effect on as well as other things not just this podcast it's a lot of things going on in my life and and doing this tuesday nights was also feeding into a lot of problematic issues that i was having in my life so again this is the last episode to go up on wednesday morning for the time being we're going to try it out this friday saturday thing see how it works um i'm hoping it goes well and then that'll be the permanent timing slot from here on in especially because october again we're gonna have smackdown on friday nights so it makes the most sense because we'll have you know monday raw tuesday AEW, friday smackdown and you know we'll go from there so that's that again thank you all for listening i really appreciate it i've been your lone host for the show will the thrill poetarian shakespearean candidate major english Whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I is. That's who I is. That's what I be. That's what I do. That's what I is. That's what it is. Um, don't forget to check us out on our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash grapples and apples. Grapples are number two apples. We're also on Twitter. Same thing, twitter.com slash grapples two apples. Don't forget, if you're listening to us here on SoundCloud and you want to maybe go to your mobile device, you don't want to download the SoundCloud app, I get it. I don't want to either. Google Play Music if you have an Android or Apple Podcasts if you have an Apple um, iOS device. Thank you again. Until next time, when hopefully I'll be joined by Shades. But until then, catch you later. Peace. Peace and love. Watch it, Steve. Watch it, W.